He is risen. He is risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Happy Easter, everyone. And today we're celebrating an Easter service, actually the first for celebrating life. Usually I'm in church, like most of you, celebrating with the Mass, but we're doing it as part of the community today, which I'm so grateful for. And and I just want to let you know who's participating, Bishop Bobby Bearden, Reverend Barbara Rose Billing, and our monk, George Lopez. So welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Padre. Thank you, Padre. Looking forward to today and have been. Got up early, an early riser, and it's like first thing that came out of my brain was he is risen, he is risen, hallelujah. So it's in that spirit of Christ that we do celebrate today. And we celebrated Good Friday. Yesterday was Holy Saturday, which is the act of light. The light breaks through. And so then we had the resurrection today with Christ Jesus. And I'm my favorite season, even though probably every season is, but I celebrate today for what my master, my teacher, my savior has done for me and for you. And it's in that spirit of grace that we do allow the Holy Spirit to wrap our beings, our hearts around really the message of love. That's why Christ came, to love us, to set us free. And in that act of gratitude, I'd like to ask Reverend Barbara Rose if she would lead us in an opening prayer today. Yes, thank you, Padre. The longest and most inspirational liturgy of the Christian church is the Easter Vigil which is celebrated late in the evening before Easter Sunday. All of the prayers are chanted or sung. New Christians are baptized. Old Christians renew their baptismal vows. And the whole litany of the saints is chanted. The energy throughout this is very, very high. Let us begin this morning by going back a few hours in time, and we will join the Easter Vigil services that were celebrated around the world. The church is darkened. All the people are holding small, unlit candles. The priests and the acolytes are in the back of the church. The organ starts playing very softly. It begins with fire. A spark is struck and an explosion of light transfigures the darkness. It begins with a flame. Courage, strong, held aloft above a four to five foot candle into a dark and empty space. It begins with light, a point of luminescence that is shared and spreads without ever dimming or becoming less. A light that is the light of all, but kindled in the heart of each and every person. A light that the darkness now discovers it can never overcome. It begins with a cry, an invocation of light called with hope into darkness that seems to be a death of all things. Lumen Christi, light of Christ, is sung by the priest as he lights the candle. It's a huge Easter candle. And in response, everyone in the darkened church sings, Deo gratias, thanks be to God. This is repeated two more times, raising the volume, the pitch, and the enthusiasm each time as the candle is lighted higher and higher, and all in the church can see the single flame as slowly the priest and acolytes move up the aisle. When they reach the center of the church, 
the acolytes light their candles from the large Easter candle and pass it around until every candle in the church is lit. We all hold our flames high as we cry before the forces of sin and darkness and death. We cry and watch in awe as sin is forgiven. Darkness is swallowed by light and death touches life itself and so becomes death no more. This is our faith. This is why we gather all over the world to celebrate darkness going into light. And this morning, from dusk to dawn, from death to light, keeping our watch as a flaming tide of faith catches fire and flows across the face of the earth, bringing light and hope to heal our planet from a virus that covers her. We gather to sing our Easter Alleluia, and we exult with joy over a victory, not just promised, but already given. As we see the ancient enemy thrown down, and the cosmos healed and renewed in the light of the risen Christ, stepping from his tomb, his wounded and glorified feet gentle upon the soft grass of the garden, as Mother Earth thrills to know that the seed buried just within her just a few days ago is held within itself the gift of a new and eternal spring of all creation. A new beginning for all, all that was and all that is and all that will be. The Easter fire born through days of joy and days of sorrow, through days of peace and days of persecution, through happy gatherings, and lonely lives lived in isolation and pain, especially now during the pandemic. This fire comes to us too, who gather here this morning, scattered around our country, yet virtually united in our intention to celebrate life with the risen Christ, the light of the world. It comes to us pure, even of those who along the way corrupted its cry of compassion and peace and hurt so many. And it comes to us to use us to purify the past by becoming fire ourselves, by becoming places of resurrection, tombs that became gardens liberating the Christ light to love through us, with us, and in us, the whole of creation. And so we reach out to those suffering from the coronavirus, to all those who love them, to those who care for them, that they might hear their own hope sound anew in our alleluias. So do not doubt the power of this resurrection flame. In every age it has burned, and we are still dazzled by it. The light of Easter dawn, when even Brother Sun dances with joy. Together, we fear no doubt, no anger, no darkness, no virus. For all is aflame with love this Easter morning as we gather together in the presence of the risen Christ to sing our Alleluia. Amen. Thank you so much, Barbara. You brought us into that brilliant light. As you were praying that prayer, I was remembering we have a 14-day devotional sunrise devotional going on. And yesterday, 
uh, Reverend Virginia Chapin um, talked about this light. And I know it affected a lot of people just turning on because of, I call it the what people are having to do, positioning themselves to stay home. But some of us are lonely in our despair just because family members aren't around or even physically. Maybe a loved one has passed, a spouse, a child, a neighbor, a best friend. You know, I just heard from my sister's Debbie's best friend and it's like this was very temperamental time for her for Easter because my sister used to go over to her house and spend time with Easter in their family. So even though we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, which we are, there are still parts of us that still linger, that still need that light to enter in to set us free. And to me, this is part of our intention for today is to grasp a hold of this brilliant light. And I remember Ron Roth always talked about the Holy Spirit. And he always says, that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now raises in you your darkness, your illness, your disease, your lack. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit that does this. And Jesus represented that. And because he said, now we can do what Jesus did, and even greater, we have this beautiful power essence called it spirit within us, that resurrection power. So we're going to tap into it today. We're going to pray and release that into your homes, into your bodies, into your workplace, whatever it might be. And I'm just already revering up, so to speak, in the spirit because I can just feel the presence take over. So the flow for today, we're going to have some sharings with Bobby, George, and Barbara Rose about what is resurrection to you in your life. We're going to have some readings. Then we're going to go closing with the elements of the, the bread, the wine, and closing prayer. But I want to state right now is we are living in the presence of the God Almighty. And that presence is not only filling our hearts, right now, but it also filling our homes. And Father, just release your healing angels, your ministering angels, those beings of light. Just come forth, Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus called forth Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth. He was dead and now he rises. Even in the, the reminder today on email about this service we're hosting at the end was a video. I'd like everybody to, if you haven't watched it, Please watch it because there's an energy that comes out of that. And it's talk about calling forth all of us out of our graves, our despair, our loneliness, our diseases, and entering to this brilliant light. You've got to shut me up, otherwise we'll take over the whole program. Sorry. <laughs> so, Robert, what is your sense of the meaning of Jesus' resurrection in your life? This morning when I was preparing to come for the call, I blew out the candle that I had been going to help Jesus have a light on while he was in darkness. Mm. And I was struck with this incredible happiness that I got to blow out the candle because he's risen and the light is on. And he doesn't need anything that I can do. And it was like such a profound relief to just know that my part was to make sure that during the time that he was alone in his metamorphosis, that that there was a light and there was a witness. But now there is a redeemer and a savior that I can lean on. So it was a wonderful role reversal of just being able to be innocent and surrendered and available to a a consciousness and a light that is much greater than anything that I'll ever know in my own life by myself. Wow. That doesn't come from just, I call it knowledge in a sense, Bobby. 
the presence was ministering to you as well as you were honoring the presence. And I love the correlation about blowing out the candle because presence is here. I have my candles, kind of like a glorified church where I'm at right now. I got this big Jesus that actually was in church you know, at one time. Easter lilies, candles, holy water, my communion. This is a celebration, and we can have communion wherever we are. We can have presence. We know the one that created us, and it desires, he desires, she desires to bless us daily and let that holy breath move through us today. So I love that sharing, Bobby. Thank you so much. Thank you. Brother George. Padre. What has changed in your spiritual awakening and how you see the death of Jesus and resurrection in your life? What has changed for me, Padre, is I used to see it as something that happened to me, that happened to Jesus, something that was outside of me. He died for my sins. He rose on the third day. He conquered death. His sacrifice was an atonement for my sins. That's what I was taught growing up. And as powerful as that is, and, and I believe that on one level or interpretation, that's really true. There's something deeper and more personal. And I've come to understand that his death and resurrection is, is actually a roadmap for me for my life as a monk, and that I have to die daily to my ego, to my will, and rise through my humanity and choose the higher vibration of love because his death and resurrection was an act of selfless love, that he loved me so much he was willing to die for me and to conquer death and show me that I was more than just this body. And something that really hit home this week as I was sitting with all of this is the Last Supper, a couple of days before the crucifixion, he knew that his hour has come for him to leave the world and he was going to go to the Father. He knew he was going to die. And it says he got up from the meal and he took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist and he poured water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and dried them with the towel. You know, and he didn't pull up a chair and put a table up and say, hey, Peter, put your feet up. He got down on the ground, right? He got down on the ground at the feet Mm -hmm. of the disciples and was washing their feet. So here you have the Son of God, the greatest avatar to ever walk the planet. This is a man who healed the blind, who commands the winds and the waves, the man who raised the dead, and he's sitting washing their feet. This is love in action. And when he finished, he got up and he says, do you see what I've done for you? He He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightfully so. He says, I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet and you can wash someone else's feet. And he wasn't telling them to go out and wash each other's feet. He was telling them, love each other the way that I've loved you. Forgive each other the way that I've loved you. Have compassion the way that I've had compassion. And so his death and resurrection is a challenge to me, a challenge to me to die to my ego, to my will, what I think my life should be, to surrender like him in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thine be done to face my demons, my fear, my anger, my hatred, my intolerance, my judgment, all of my humanity, and to rise through it, above it, and choose compassion, to choose love. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, because at the end of the day, it's just love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to die for me. Wow, George. That's magnificent. George, I'll have to own it myself. A lot of us love Easter. We love the resurrection but we really don't actually go after that thing called death and submitting. You know, it says that Jesus honored the Father's wish for his destiny and purpose. And then he even bled blood to say, well, is it really what you think I should do? And then he had peace that said, yes, I will. And for us, there is death. And I always say, Ron Roth always used to say, we have to die daily. And that little 
ego or big ego that we have really needs to be submissive because what Jesus represented from rising from the dead is we're more than a body. I always use the term in the scripture says the eye of the needle and we're going to go through that eye of the needle. And the only way we go through that is not by our stuff, not by our body, but by our spirit. So we really need to change in order to come out on the other side, fully alive, fully loved. And the message of Christ is, love one another as I have loved you. And he's given some great examples in the scriptures of how that was done. And then he says, greater of your works will be, which means the miracles which we can multiply now. And we're doing that by just hosting this service today. Each one is hosting it in their own homes, celebrating, and we can give the gift of life by sharing the good news that you're loved, I'm loved. So thank you, Georgie. Thank you, Andre. Barbara Rose, what is your feeling on the resurrection? What came to me first was Jesus is always with me. And the line that was on the Easter greeting that you gave me, oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take take care of everything. And that is my experience of the risen Christ. I am never alone. When Mm -hmm. I made my vows last August, as a monk, on my, my, my first thing on my card was, listen, the Holy Spirit calls us all the time to a change of heart and to a new beginning. And that, to me, is the Easter message. Not to hold on to the old, but to be willing to let go, to leave the structure and go into the flow, to let go of the control that I try to have and surrender, or to move from resistance to peace, from fear to trust from pain to hope. It's the whole, we call it Paschal mystery. It's all one, the the suffering, death, and resurrection. And being in that space, I try to listen all the time, and I keep getting told, just say yes, just say yes. (laughs) And then every once in a while, without even thinking anything, not even knowing I'm making a choice, out of my mouth will come something like, really? (laughs) It shakes me. Or not now, oh. <laughs> or are you sure? You know all of these things. So it's yeah. a constant being, being in the present moment, knowing that I'm never alone, and from that space I can be totally complete in myself and able to know the God in me, to let go of all duality them and me, and know that we're all one in Christ, all one in God. And that's the place from which I live my days and do my service. That's so, it's a, a point I want to make to our audiences. Barbara Rose, you did take your vow to be a monk. And previously it was a vow to be an ordained minister, a priest. And um, those qualities that are, I think, within each one of us, are being developed, have been de- developing, but when we say yes to the greater works of Christ, something inside changes us. And I know I have students and novices on the call today, and they're taking steps in this journey called our faith, our walk with God and each other. And But something propels us. It's like, like Jesus resurrecting. He went to the spirit of death. And he went to Hades to set those free. And then after the third day, he rose and let the light take him. So his vow to the Father is like, I will do this. 
let this cup pass from me, but if not, I do your will. And so that complete turning over of his life actually gave each one of us the opportunity to serve the greater great I am. And what a privilege that is. So thank you, Barbara Rose, for sharing that. Thank you, Padre. Like all of us, we want to look to God for everything that we need, our desires. My heart sings when I can sing to God, just what I desire to express in God. And as Barbara Rose mentioned, it's about Jesus take care of everything. So when we turn our gaze towards the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, our Blessed Mother, or our favorite saint or sage, the light has come, and we get illuminated by their faithfulness in the work of Christ as they walked here on earth. So we're going to go with the first reading, and I believe Barbara Rose is going to read us, I think, something in the book of Acts today. Yes, thank you. The first reading is from the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Peter proceeded to speak and said, You know what has happened all over Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all those oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. This man God raised on the third day and granted that he be visible, not to all the people, but to us, the witnesses chosen by God in advance, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commissioned us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It was such a beautiful reading. Barbara Rose. I loved in the reading, it talks about Jesus was anointed. And it's really about the Holy Spirit who really takes hold of us, grasps us, and actually leads us into this empowered life. And we have a former life, our old self, but when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, he became a new life, especially in his baptism. And During Holy Week, during this time of renunciation, remembrance, we remember our baptismal vows. We might as a ministry have made professional vows, but each one in your own life uh, are baptized in light, in the love of God. So there's an opportunity for each of us. And if you haven't got baptized, let us know. We'll definitely help you in that process of having a former life and then the new life we read about here in the scriptures. So thank you, Barbara Rose, for reading that. The second reading today is actually from the book of John. And it says, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early in the morning where it was still dark. I want to just pause there. Like Bobby, they got up early today. Mary Magdalene sends something. She knew Jesus died, but she sends something. And so she was awakened even the dark, and she actually went towards the tomb, it says, and saw that the stone was removed from the tomb. 
So she ran and went to get Simon Peter and to the other disciple, which was John, who loved Jesus, and Jesus loved him, and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter. (laughs) That would be me. (laughs) And arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloth there, but he did not go in. And I love this. I love this line. John waited for Peter. Peter was the spiritual shepherd now of the disciples, and he waited for the leader to lead them out of honor, out of respect. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloth there and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloth, but rolled up in a separate place, which is so beautiful. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived first to the tomb, and he saw and he believed. For they did not yet understand the scriptures that he had to rise from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. We all say thanks be to God. It really is an an exceptional reading today because of the disciples are still learning even though their master, their teacher had passed. There was an expectation. Now, I think it's in Isaiah. It was 700 years before prophesied this very act that Jesus would die and then he would rise from the dead. And that was prophetic, and so the Jews knew this. It was in their prophetic readings. But yet, when that reality shows up, oh my God, what are we going to do here? But it was prophetic, and so, but it took a woman first that got up, listened, heard that obedience says go to the tomb, and she found the tomb empty. And it's like, praise be to God. Each of you have a promise from God. Each of you desires, whether it's for yourself, for your healing, for your children, for your children's children, all those things have been placed in your heart. You're a carrier of this light. And so we're being asked to now to hold on to that truth and just believe God for what God has promised you and me. And the first promise was, Jesus says, I have to go. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit will not come. And so Jesus resurrected and went into the the Father's heavens, and now he seats at the right hand of the Father. But we, as brothers and sisters, as children, beloved sons, beloved daughters of Christ, said we will also seat in there, in heaven. Why? Because we're sons and daughters. We have a relationship. So this Easter time is really about that resurrection of each of you. We're all being called from our the grave, which means our old self, and we're actually being invited into the new kingdom of God. The, the breath of God, the Ruha, the, that flows through each one of us and around it, especially as we gather, as you're already experiencing in your home, the atmosphere's changing because the angels are dancing now and giving God glory for his namesake. So at this time, we'd like to prepare or offer prayers for the community. So I'd ask Bobby if you would just start with prayers that we can offer up today. I call upon the angels. Angels of mercy and angels of light, may your radiance come now and show us a way that we have not been able to take without your help and your illumination. Once these helpers come, nothing can be left in the darkness because God is pure mercy. God is our friend. And Jesus has proven this by his resurrection. 
this resurrection is not just a symbolic act, but it's a supernatural one. So it shows us on a level of our consciousness that nothing is impossible. Nothing is left behind and nothing walks alone. So between the angels and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I ask that all become illuminated in our lives so that we may walk in joy, curiosity, and peace. Beautiful. And George? Abba, my prayer is for those, all those that are alone and afraid, those that may even be around people but are alone in their hearts, that they may feel your presence. I pray for all those who are on the street with no home, that they know you are by their side, that they feel your presence, the presence of Holy Spirit, and know your promise was to never leave or forsake us. And I pray especially for those who are passing on the other side at this time for whatever the cause, yes. especially yes. those who are dying alone, that angels are with them and that beings of light guide them on their journey to the other side of the veil. Mm. Beautiful. And Barbara Rose. Let us pray for all those who for whatever reasons have not known God especially those who resist God's presence. May they open up just enough to let the Easter light begin to shine through. Help them find shelter and a hiding place in the light of Christ who suffered, died, and rose from the dead. Help them be welcomed into silence and stillness where they can feel safely held and protected in the arms of the Divine Mother for all who resist this presence, we pray. Thank you, Barbara. And also for those who, because we're socially distancing ourselves, for those, whether it's your brother, your sister, your parents, your children, your sons, your daughters, your friends, that would normally gather around this time, we just pray for each one, that the Holy Spirit will allow the angels to give them a party in their own way. Share the love, share the food, share the body of Christ with each other right now. So we just send love to each of those in our imagination, in our hearts. We just send that forth. And all those in the hospitals, the prisons, all our Jewish people, the, the, we're just praying for the world at hand. The joy of the Lord is our strength, the scripture says. So we just bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. And before we take the elements, first, let's pray together as a body, the Our Father, which is a, a beautiful symbol of connectingness and forgiveness and for empowerment. So let us as a group pray. Our Father, our Father who, who art in heaven. Who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen.
Now at this time, if you'd like to bring your elements close to you, and I'll invite Bishop Bobby to lead us in the breaking of the bread. The bread of life was given freely to illuminate our souls. And as we consume it, we understand that it's the covenant of the eternal I am. It's a reminder that nothing is unforgiven. Jesus is a creative, loving presence who gave everything that he had to fulfill the covenant for his Father and for humanity. The energy that is now infusing into this beautiful, life-giving bread will be as nourishing as if it was manna from heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, praising our life through this offering today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now you may receive the bread. It's adoration. And when, when we break the bread... We drink the wine, we bless the wine, and then partake in it. We're actually giving God a thank you and saying, we belong to you. You, We belong to your heart, your soul. And it's in this reflection, in this invitation, that the light of Christ comes upon us during this special time of communion. The communion is divine union. It's one to one another. And so as we as a body spiritual body all partake in the same element we get the benefit of your prayers my prayers and 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 this light goes out into the world to be a blessing so thank you um, bobby the second element the wine reverend barbara rose would you lead us yes thank you please hold your cup and bless it with me as together we remember at the passover meal the day before his death three days before his resurrection. Jesus was with his disciples and he poured a cup of new wine, prayed a blessing over it, and passed it on to them. This is my blood, my life force that will be shed for you. This I do now with a promise that I will always be with you and with your descendants. Do this in remembrance of me. Now as we drink from this cup, we pray that we will awaken more fully to the eternal light of the risen Christ within us and go out and share that with others. Amen. Amen. So receive the element of the wine. It means everything to me, to us today. That your present goes before us to make a pathway, a new beginning for some, and for others, a new path to the risen Christ. So we pray for the next person on this call will be called home to heaven, to the heart of the Father, the heart of the Mother. May the Holy Spirit fill you with brilliant light and lead you to your promise 
of the Divine Father, the Divine Mother. Amen. So a reflection for today. The Holy Spirit lives in my spirit, our spirit. That is the place of communion with God, which, which we just participated in. As we learn to receive from our spirits, we learn how to be led by the Spirit. By faith, we understand. Faith, faith is the foundation for all intellectualism. When we learn to learn that way, we open up ourselves to grow in true faith because faith does not require understanding to function. I love that quote. Faith does not require understanding to function. And let's just put it into our terms. We might not understand why we're quarantined or self-distancing. Like, why do we have to? We don't have to understand it. We just got to accept it. And then the Holy Spirit will become our teacher. I'm sure that most of you have this experience. You've been reading the Bible and verses jump out at you. There is a great excitement over this verse that seems to give so much life and breath to your moments of encouragement. Yet initially you couldn't teach or explain that verse if your life depended upon it. So what happened? Your spirit received the living power of the word from the Holy Spirit. That was a life-giving force. That was a resurrection power. When we learn to receive from our spirit, our mind becomes a student and is therefore subject to the Holy Spirit. Through the process of revelation and experience, our mind eventually obtains understanding. This is biblically learning, the Spirit giving influence to the mind. And we all know that's the first place. It's our spirit, not, not our intellect. Knowledge is the contents. Knowledge in this context is experiential knowledge. It is more than mere concepts or theories. The word knowledge comes from the word used in Genesis describing experiencing of intimacy. So really, this is my prayer for all of us today in celebration of this resurrection power, that we let these living words in the scripture come alive. So we have a new understanding, a new birth. We position ourselves. That's why solitude, silence, meditation is so important on the word of God, because now what is birthed in those words comes alive. And, you know, for me, being on the spiritual path for 40 years, I have that true understanding. And you've heard me say this many times. I go back to the Word to get my confirmation from because it gets illuminated. Once I begin to seek God and say, God, show me here, and all of a sudden it shows up. And for to me, today is really about the resurrection power of Christ, that it heals the sick. It brings us in communion with each other. We all have difficult people we either live with, work with, our neighbor, or even ourselves. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, there can be a revelational spirit that just touches, receives grace. And we just want to be aligned to that in this season of grace called Holy Week. So in closing, we'd love to bless the, our participants. So could I ask Robert to lead us in prayer? Jesus, thank you for being an obedient son and a loving brother. Now we invite you into our hearts as our friend and illuminator 
a VIP, something that is so precious that each of us will learn to walk in this world in a new way, an illuminated way. This is the promise of the supernatural. This is the promise of the eternal that we always uncover with delight that next brilliant illuminated step. And I am so grateful that I have a teacher and a friend like you where every problem, every anguish, or even every joy can be shared as an innocent exploration and that I am witness and can be witness to something that is so beyond my capacity that I am grown each time I come into your presence. Thank you, my friend. I love you. I welcome you back into the world as a light being. I welcome you as my beloved friend and teacher. Amen. Amen. Your heavenly presence is everything to me, to us. So, Father, I just decree in the name of Jesus that every heart, every temple will be your resting place today, tomorrow, and forever. Lead us into your presence. Father, make everyone aware on this call the gift of what today is all about. It's about honoring our presence, honoring our parents, honoring our children, honoring our friends, even honoring our enemies, for they show us that we need more love in our lives. And you are the fountain of that love. You are the fountain, the living waters that pour through us. So, Father, release heavenly graces today. Illuminate us. Heal our hearts. Heal our souls. Heal our bodies. Let your healing presence now flow. Just really sensing the, the activity of the heavens. They're dancing. They're celebrating. For they're pointing the way that Jesus is Lord. He is Savior. He is the resurrection power now through the Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, and I bless every Easter dinner, supper, lunch, brunch, whatever it might be, whoever you're partaking with. As we receive communion, you will receive communion in the flesh by a good word, by a thought, by a text, by an email. Share God's love for one another. And we just celebrate you, O Lord our God. We sing hallelujah, hallelujah, and just celebrate life today. May the good Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you and turn toward you with favor, with love, with healing. And I bless you as a community, as a body of Christ, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Happy Easter, everyone.